Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 oh my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. This is the 19th T podcast, Kieran Marsh and Nathan Drudy back with you for another week. Not just any other week, though, Drudy. So I was originally thinking it's one of the four best weeks, but maybe it's kind of five to eight because it's the week after a major. It's yes. It's the review pod, right? So it's clearly not the top four because the major's not in it. But I defy any tournament to be as interesting uh, as the ability to look back and wrap up one of the, the best four tournaments of the year. Hmm. Uh, so what you're just saying that we're not going to make as big a deal about the Charles Schwab next week? No, well, probably, what you're probably not. Well, we're still going this week. Outstanding. I'm sure it'll be a ripping field at the Charles Schwab. <laughs> of course, we speak of uh, the 2022 PGA Championship from from Southern Hills, and we speak, of course, of our winner, Justin Thomas, uh, his second major, his second PGA Championship, uh, and a player that I think we can equally say we've long admired. Mm. Um, but longed for a follow-up major, uh, and and he's finally broken through for that. Uh, I probably just want to get your first thoughts because I, I think for you, not to suggest that it's you've ridden a similar roller coaster, say that I have with a certain uh, other player whose first initial is J, who just happens to be very good friends with their winner for this <laughs> week, but. You you have certainly probably in the last twelve months really been on him, I think, mm. and and he's he's disappointed you, let you down on a number of occasions, many times. <laughs> yeah, I, I did get a message from you. Uh, <laughs> you turned a corner pretty quick over the weekend, so I just maybe wanted you to, for the listeners, just frame up your, I suppose, your roller coaster of of feelings, thoughts, emotions across the weekend. Well, look, I think. If we're painting the full, the full Picasso, I think we've got to go back to the Masters for this because I picked him to win the Masters, <laughs> and then, and I stand by everything I said. I'm not here to, you know, dish out a mere culpa. Uh, he was a disgrace at the Masters. Everything pointed to the the most forward showing that could possibly have been a forward showing, and he and he delivered an egg. It was it was garbage. Um, I I was highly critical of him after that after that event and i think i think my frustration has been with jt has been i know his i know his ceiling is so high and i know his floor is so high and maybe that's part of the challenge and i think we can also dump rory into this category as well that we always talk about the the floor um and I think that's where my frustration comes from because I really like him. I really, really like JT. He's one of the most entertaining players to watch. I think his interactions with Bones is fantastic. He's, he's great for the tour um, and he's a freaking good player. And I think that's, that's what frustrates me most. So um, no surprise to sort of see him uh, hovering around the mark in the first couple of days. And, and I think if you've got my message that I sent to you there, um, I think the one that you're referring to is I said I'm going back to the well. Yeah, hundred percent. You're referring to 100%. so. 
And I think, look, I don't know if that had more to do with JT or whether that had more to do with Will Zalatoris because I, I, I really can't get on Will Zalatoris. I don't know why. I've, I've tried. I was having a conversation with a mate about this the other day and he's just, oh, he just really looks punchable. I don't know why. <laughs> just, <laughs> we're just so rude for a guy I've never met in my life. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, you've got to congratulate JT. Um you know, there's so many storylines that kind of feed into this with the Mito piece, which we'll get into. But yeah, it was a roller coaster, genuine roller coaster, and and yeah, happy to see him now add to his major major victory um, tally, I guess. And and also, let's not forget that he won the players last year as well. Yeah, well, I mean, that's his fifteenth uh, career win on the PGA Tour, uh, uh, like that's. That's into, uh, uh, unbelievable numbers, really. Uh, he's, he's starting to creep up into some some very rare air amongst you know his current playing peers. You talk about Johnson, uh, McElroy. I mean, obviously Woods still playing, uh, Spieth around that mark, but a few others uh, for a guy who's still very much in the purple patch of his career, and and maybe he hasn't yet started it. Like you know, he's not he's not thirty. Um, or is he 30? I don't think he's 30. I think he's 28. Yeah, so like, there's so much golf ahead of me. He's had 15 wins already. The, the challenge, I wouldn't say criticism because I'm loath to criticize a player of that talent. The challenge has always been, you know, prior to this weekend, it was 14 and, and one or, or 13 and one, mm-hmm. sorry. So we wanted to see for a player to your point who we know has this incredibly high floor uh, consistently immensely consistent we struggle to see that convert when it matters most in those four biggest tournaments of the year on the flip side of that i think we've seen so many pointers to this performance uh, I mean, you talk about going into Augusta as a bit of a forward leader, and that was immensely disappointing. There's no doubt about that. I couldn't help but but look at the conditions and the way that he played and hark back to, you know, talking off the back of Phoenix this year. And was it the third round in Phoenix that was absolutely atrocious mm. weather-wise? Mm-hmm. I think it was that third, I think it was Saturday round in Phoenix. And he seemingly was the only player with any sort of control over his ball. Not so. It was the players, not Phoenix. Yeah. It was the players. Yeah, the, the players. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, players. Yeah. At Sawgrass, right? Yeah, third round at Sawgrass. Yeah. yeah, my mistake. How am I going? That's the uh, the severe lack of sleep I've had in the last seven to eight days. Uh, <laughs> so it's the third round of the players where I hark my way back to. And I must admit, I, I can't give myself too much credit because when you're sitting here last week doing your, your preview and then you're sending me, you know, pictures of weather reports uh, coming through regarding the wind. I didn't go straight to, oh, geez, JT's going to bob his head here. But in retrospect, it shouldn't have been surprising because outside of, uh, you know, your, your Larry's, if it's Patrick's, who played very well, by the way, I'm sure we'll get to him. Uh, and those guys who come out of those conditions, the growing up in them in, in the United Kingdom. Uh, I don't know that there's many going around at the moment with more control over the ball in completely uncontrollable environments and conditions. Yeah, I, you, you're, you're probably right. Um, I think he's an elite iron player. There's no mm. doubt about that. He drives the ball 
very well. Um, and, and he's a good putter. His, his game is, is all round. I think the challenge that I've always, and you alluded to it right there, that I've been probably loath to pick him in, in majors is because his performance in majors isn't actually that great. No. He had, outside of his two wins, he's only had an, a further five top tens out of, I think, a total 27 majors, mm. which is, um, on the face of it, it's probably okay. But for a guy that we expect so highly of, and perhaps that's maybe on us then, this to realign our expectations, is not a great strike rate, really. Um, so, I mean, you, you look back in, in 2021, uh, T21 at the Masters, cut at the PGA, T19 at the US Open and T40 at the Open Championship. So I think coming into this year's major season, there probably wasn't a particularly great case to pick JP across a lot of um, a lot of these events. So yeah, it's he's he's an exceptional player. He, he's going to be a generational player. You know, you, mm. you're talking about 15 wins, um, including two majors and a players' championship. Um, that's significant. I don't think that should be under understated at all. Um, and I, I don't know if you've got the other players there who have won 15 times or more, but it's the list can't be too long. No, it's not. I think the other one to bear in mind is you look at him comparatively, and I saw this before. I'm just trying to pull it up now. Um, always a good thing to do, trying to find a stat while you're about to talk about it. But I found a great little stat. Uh, courtesy of uh, the No Laying Up guys earlier today in terms of, uh, here it is, all-time PGA Tour earnings for guys currently in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's second only uh, to his good friend Jordan Spieth. So Spieth, 51.6 million. JT, 49.9 million, both 29 years of age. Uh, and then a significant drop. Uh, John Rahm is more than 16.5 million back in third. So, again, that speaks to consistency, right? And and I don't necessarily think, to your point, this is not me trying to shirk any of the responsibility or not take any accountability, <laughs> but I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to maybe we should readjust our expectations because I think our expectations are exactly where they are because of what he's done, mm. right? So, mm. two majors, a player's, and 12 other victories on the PGA Tour. But that's a guy who you absolutely should expect to come in and contend at the big tournaments. Mm. Now, he's got the game. I think what I like from him this week is if I've had a knock on him in the past, sometimes the shoulders drop, in my mm. opinion. I, I, I've questioned, never questioned the talent. I've questioned at times the resolve. Yep. When things That's don't it. go your way, can you get through that three or four whole period when you can't find the middle of the club? Can you get through it one over? Because sometimes he, like, I just kind of feel like they have two or three things that aren't centimeter perfect. Shoulders drop, head goes down. Mm. And I mean, in terms of conditions, he was having a lot more things thrown at him than two or three. Like he was being asked plenty of questions this week. Yeah. And he, and maybe seemingly by the end of the weekend, two or three others had the answers when the remainder of the field did not. And and I think that, that, that shouldn't be lost. Now for me, it's, 
is that repeatable for him? Because mm. we have seen it on occasions. He's caught lightning in a bottle. He's combined his immense game with a good putter because that's also critical for him and and hanging in the fight. He's got to repeat that now. That's yep. got to become a consistent. We've talked about how consistent his play is. It's that part of his game where he's got to lift his level a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think, look, there was there was a couple of moments throughout that final round particularly. I mean, going into the day, I think he was seven shots off the lead or something <laughs> going into the final round. And like there was, he had no right to contend in that day. And and it's interesting. I wonder how the mind then switches around for him to just go, I, I'm, I am going to play as free as I can. I'm going to play as attacking as I can because there are no consequences here. If it comes off, I win the tournament. If I lose, I fall out of the top 10 and who really gives a shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess going into that playoff and then the shot that he hit on the second playoff hole to drive the green pin high, like it was just such a flex of a moment. Like Zalatoris had the eagle putt on the first playoff hole, um, which didn't drop, and it was kind of like, well, advantage Zalatoris. And then JT steps up and and kind of flexes his muscles. And I don't know that we've particularly seen that kind of to what you're, you're talking about there. When, when the head drops, he, you know, it's, it's all Moby Dick, right? So Mm. he's, he now, um, he stepped up and delivered a shot when it was really required. And I think that's something that we're, that we haven't seen. I was just looking at, at data golf, uh, numbers, strokes game putting. He was second, uh, which obviously is always going to, help uh the well, leader to, in- to be fair i i like for me that's the tournament mm-hmm. yeah not not to take anything else away from the way he played if he if he can be strokes gain top 10 in putting he will he will win more often than he doesn't like yeah. that that's the 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 biggest achilles heel in his game is the putter to walk out of that tournament second I, i'm I, we shouldn't be surprised that he's won the leader in that field was Lucas Herbert. So that's um, that's a nice, nice little flex. <laughs> and you know, pre pre tournament, we spoke about uh, the ability for players, uh, the players who have the ability around the green and short game, were going to mm. come away. And there's no surprise to see that JT second in strokes game putting, eleventh in strokes game around around the green. Zalatoris mm. was tenth uh, and twelfth in those categories. So I think. That was pretty well bang on, but yeah, it was, you know, he was quite emotional after I thought, um, you know, it wasn't something that we'd really seen out of JT all that often. He definitely gets fired up, but I Mm. I can't recall him being emotional after a victory, maybe at the players last year. I can't, can't really cast my mind back that far, but I think the question now is how, what does this do for JT in terms of, his major record moving forward because it's all if he goes out and wins at the Charles Schwab this week like I don't think it particularly changes anything in my head right like he's now got to no. go and deliver this consistently at the major level um, mm. because things go wrong more often than not you get the bad side of the draw more often than not as he did mm. this week and he fought through that um, the courses are harder, the conditions are harder. So it's when all those things are stacked up against him, how does he then react to that? Because that's what the great players do. The good players 
survive and get through it, the great players really come out on top. And that's when they do their best work. And I think that's you know what I was saying before. He's got to find a way to bottle whatever that was this week and and reproduce it when he needs to. Because I 100% agree. For me now, you're at 15, right? So it's it's kind of redundant how many more PGA Tour victories you have week to week on the tour. It's mm-hmm. me. It's all about majors now. And that, that will be the determinant of how we look back on him in 20 years. Yeah. Because if we're being realistic, he's 29 years of age. I think at 15 now, like he probably does go past 20 in his career because he'll definitely pick up, you know, three to four or five more just run-of-the-mill tournaments in the next 15 years. I don't think there's any question about that, the way he's no. going. Yeah. So it's about when we look back, is it is it 20 and still just the two or is it, you know, 23, 24 and he's all of a sudden won four or five? And that's – because the other thing about him, you look at the, the, the rotation of courses coming up, he's got a game that's versatile in my mind. Like, you know how we always go in, oh, geez, this course looks good for X. I don't like his game here. Mm. I don't often think that about JT. Yep. So there's nothing really coming up that I say put a line through him. This is not for him, right? So you ask what we want to see. Like I, I really, for me, I won't look at him again irrespective of what he, if he does and doesn't play between St. Andrews and then Brookline. But I, 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 we absolutely have to see a top 10 at least one of those. Like it's got, it's got to repeat. This can't yeah. be a win and regress again for him. No, He's, no, this has got to be a step forward. You're exactly right. And I think the setup, the setup's a really interesting, a really interesting point because he's now won two PGA championships. Right. <laughs> so it, the setup of a PGA is obviously very different to other majors. Augusta's mm. set up the same every year. It's it's very difficult. The open, hard, fast, very average if you miss the fairway. And the US Open. Long, lengthy, rough, mm. fairways. Whereas this week was, unsurprisingly, as close to a PGA to a regular event setup that you're going to find. Albeit Southern Hills was fantastic. Loved it. I, I just, I just wonder if there's anything in the setup that we may need to look into. Do we need to put JT on notice that a third PGA? Does it add anything to his record? I don't know. Is it just adding another cheeseburger to the order? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, flat track bully, you reckon? Just <laughs> no. Well, I am. I've got someone who's a flat track bully to r- bring up later. So okay, we'll, we'll get to them. The last thing I want to say on um, JT, and it's probably JT adjacent. Actually, two quick things. So uh, you mentioned the emotion. I think. Um, I preface this by saying like entirely, entirely brought upon himself. But maybe we underestimate for a guy who up until that point had been so affable, so personable, nearly universally loved. And I'm talking more by golf fans, right? Because I think he's universally respected by his peers, it appears anyway. 
he's not a polarizing figure amongst the playing cohort by any stretch of the imagination. So from a fan's perspective, affable, personable, in that kind of new wave. And then he had, obviously, the controversy uh, and using a homophobic slur that was picked up on the mics in Hawaii. And there was fallout, sure. There was sponsors that walked away from him. There was a couple of weeks away, um, whether enforced or, or you know, self-appointed, we'll never know because we don't know PGA Tour sanctions. But then he's back and he's playing, and I think most people, because we live in a 24-hour news cycle, they just move on. But I think also, uh, anyway, face value, a guy that seems pretty very family-orientated, Father, grandfather, mother, they're always there. Pretty values driven, it would seem. Like I think maybe that the the backlash from that moment probably cuts a lot deeper for him personally than what we see from the outside. Because he'll always pick up, you know, Ralph Lauren walked away, he's always going to pick up a new apparel sponsor. Mm. He's a marketable guy. And we're quick to forgive. Because we do live in that cycle, but I reckon there would be there would have been no one harder on him than himself, and maybe you know he has felt I don't know maybe maybe reading too much into it, but maybe there's a bit of a release because we've had a little bit of success without necessarily reaching the top of the mountain, and for him I'd say definitely the period from that point to now has been one of the more difficult of his career because it's if he struggled in the past it's been struggles with things on the course. And that introduced a new element to his struggle. The other thing I want to say is Bones. So I said it's JT adjacent. He himself got a little bit emotional in the post-match. And I thought that was really telling, right? Because this is a guy who's really... He's done it away He's achieved everything. <laughs> yeah. So away from a little dalliance after Phil, he's really now caddied two guys. He filled in for a couple of people here and there, but he's now about to go on a trajectory with... With JT, no doubt. And to your point, what is there left to achieve? Like the guy's done everything in the game. Mm. The difference, I think, here is he he teamed up with like Phil wasn't in obscurity. He was a highly touted amateur. There was a lot of noise around him coming into the game, but it's still always a toss of the coin, right? Mm. It's, it's never a sure thing. We see that often now coming coming out of the college system. So he didn't pick a winner, right? He he got on at the bottom of the elevator and rode it to the top. Mm. And I thought it was really telling for him afterwards when he said, I was only ever coming back to do this for one person. He said, ask my wife. I always said it. I'm only ever going to come back for one person. So if that's a guy who's been around the game for three decades, who has stood closer than anyone to the second best player of those 30 years, and he sees something in this guy that he wants to be a part of so much so that he's willing to give up a pretty lucrative broadcast career to go and do it, then that should be enough for everyone else to say, shit, okay, believe. Like there's something more here that we as casual golf fans who get a little bit enamored by week-to-week results and frustrated by inconsistencies of players we expect more of. We're playing checkers while Bones is playing chess. Yeah. And I know that's that's in the back of my head now for him all the time. Yeah, no, that's fair. Very very fair. I think um, last two things for me on JT. One, um, his calmness and his maturity was something that I think really shone through. Um, he birdied seventeen to get within two shots of Mito Pereira, um, 
knowing that he had to then go down the stretch and either make a birdie to potentially force a playoff or make a par and likely miss a playoff, made a par and ended up in a playoff somehow, which we'll get to in a minute. His calmness walking off 17 to 18 was something that I think we haven't seen for a little while as well, probably talking to your point post that all that shit that happened a couple of years ago or a year ago, whenever it was, his time away seems to have brought him back a little more calm. He's still passionate. There was still the big fist bump on on 17 when he made that birdie. But he quickly went, right, next job. Let's move on. Last thing, he was the only player not to make a double bogey all tournament. And I think that's that's clearly that's a great a stat. That's, a, that's great, a stat. a great sign. The only other player through 71 holes not to make a double bogey was Mito Pereira, and he made a double on 18. Yeah, maybe the unluckiest guy, and well, at least uh, the unluckiest guy in Oklahoma. There um, he is. Yeah, it, that's tough. We'll get there. So, JT, 15 time well winner, two time major winner, uh, a guy that uh, we'll see again, you know, a couple of times this year in big tournaments. Obviously, St. Andrews, Brookline. No doubt he'll be in the President's Cup team, uh, but he's one that we thoroughly enjoy watching. So, that's a good result, I think, in my mind. Um, let's br- let's briefly mention because we must. He played in the playoff, um, a three-hole aggregate playoff, which I must admit I like. Yeah, I'm, sick. I don't so cannot stand, and I'm I often describe myself as a traditionalist, not not to this extent in any way, shape, or form. I cannot stand the 18 hole playoff. That's just silly. But I'll, there's something that I like about a three-hole aggregate as opposed to a sudden death. So yeah, I agree. I'm in on it. I re- yeah, I really enjoy it. So, obviously, his opponent in the three-hole aggregate playoff, uh, you mentioned before, uh, you described him as maybe the most punchable man in the sport, uh, Will Salatoris. I don't know why. It just, <laughs> oh, he just grinds my gears. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, it's, look. I can't give you a reason. <laughs> so, a uh, little stat here. Zalatoris has now posted top 10 finishes in five of his last seven major championship starts, including runner-up finishes at 2021 Masters Tournament and this year. So uh, five uh, top 10s in his last seven, including two runners up. I think it is uh, nigh on inevitable that one day he will win a major. And I still think that he will do that <laughs> in spite of the nauseating putting stroke, which... I don't know. Maybe he's become so used to it now that it, it's having little to no effect on the putting um, because, yeah, like uh, it's not the worst part of his game. I don't think it's still, there's a, there's a ways to go with the putter, but he's there and thereabouts again. And, and, and seemingly I wouldn't say unheralded because he's, you know, he's well known. He's, you know, liked somewhat not not necessarily from you but and people expect things of him but yeah you want to talk about consistent uh this is a guy who continues to threaten in these big tournaments yeah there's no doubt he's a talent uh i mean that first round he was draining putts from everywhere and everyone was thinking wow that putter is 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 magic and um (laughs) it was yeah well the stroke is dreadful there's no doubt about that there's some truly uh haunting vision out there of, of Will Zalatoris's uh, putting stroke from this week. It's jerky. Some of them come off the toe. Some of them come off the heel. I don't know what's going on. Um, there's no doubt he's, he's uber consistent in majors. As you said, um, for a guy who's never won on the PGA tour, uh, he has been incredibly consistent in, 
in majors and there's no doubt that he'll he'll break through and um if he's just getting himself right for for majors i have zero qualms with that that's absolutely fine and um Mm. yeah there's no doubt that he's going to win one very soon he played played very well arguably uh arguably could have could have and should have been the winner uh across uh, the pga this this week at southern hills um you know ranked inside the top 20 across every every strokes gain stat uh, or, the, or the major five anyway um so yeah he's yeah he, he was in some sort of form and i don't know i'm always surprised when i see his name up on the leaderboard but then you look at his major record and he probably shouldn't be mm. it's tough isn't it like hugely uh, publicized college career it came in with a lot of hype old like he's, he's not i think everyone because he was a college sensation and because he looks the way he looks thinks he's a lot younger than he is he's like 25 so it's not he's not like mm. a spring chicken no uh yeah i wonder there's a part of me that not worries because it doesn't necessarily move the needle for me either but it's part of me that's like, oh, well, he needs to do this week in, week out. And it's also a part of me that's like, it's pretty impressive if he doesn't and he actually just turns up in the four big tournaments the year and plays really well. Like, yeah. So he, could, he probably doesn't care. If he can jag a couple of these, yeah. uh, I'd much rather win three majors than, you know, seven se- seven irrelevant tournaments on the PGA Tour. So yeah. why not? Will Zalatoris. Uh, anything more on on no. Happy Gilmore's caddy? No, no. Move so on. I think I, I think I think we have to get to meet her. Can we just shout out Cameron Young very quickly? Just yes, of course, absolutely. Like, wow, he has really just stormed onto the scene. Uh, obviously, you know, not too far out of college, went to Wake uh, Wake Forest University, same as Will Zalatoris. Um, has the pause at the top of the backswing like Hideki. Uh, yeah, just just an uber uber consistent striker of the ball and will win on the PGA Tour. That's all I had to say. Tied now with Scotty Scheffler for the most top three finishes this season. Yeah. Uh, T2 at the Sanderson Farms, T2 at the Genesis, T2 at the Wells Fargo, T3 at the Heritage, T3 at the PGA. So uh, what's the difference there? One guy's won like four times. Yeah. <laughs> and, including a major. And, yeah, including a major. Including uh, the major. Uh, yep. to some uh and and cam young uh has not yet saluted but to be fair for a guy who was relatively i mean this is going to sound worse than it's intended unknown coming yep. into yep. this season fair. to be um to have the equal most top five finishes with the best player in the world right now it's not bad it's a, yep. it's a decent it's a decent first out the gate season for yep. you on the in the big leagues um Mito. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe just for the benefit of, I don't know, people who haven't seen it, what we'll, we'll, walk us through it. Joe's like, this is a guy that, yeah. So I, I think for context, um, we delivered picks last Thursday, which we'll go through. There's eight eight picks in total. Uh, you did pick a Chilean to win. Yes. Uh, it, was, it was just not this Chilean. No. And so when he started to ascend, I think uh, you, I, everyone was was really quite surprised. Uh, to be fair, and then it's funny, right? Because you go through a range of emotions. There's surprise, and then when it looks like it's 
probably going to happen. It's like, you know what? I, I can get right around this. This is a great story. Mm-hmm. Excellent story. One of only two Chilean players, you know, on the tour. The the red hot one talks about this one as a guy that everyone back in, in Chile looks up to as a yeah. golfer. You yeah. know, carries the hopes of the nation until Neiman comes along. You can get around that. It's a great story. And then you've accepted it. In fact, you're a little invested in it. And then the yeah. ass falls out of it. Yeah, it's tough. A very tough watch. Um, so for context on my viewing of this, um, <laughs> so Pereira and uh, Fitzpatrick, I think, were in the final group, mm. quite possibly. I think I can't really remember if that was exactly true. But anyway, I was I was pulling for Fitz. I really wanted Vitzy to get up here. And uh, on 17, uh, Fitz went just short of the green and then duffed his chip into the bunker. So I'm watching the score all the time, waiting, seeing what the difference is. When he didn't make a birdie on 17, I thought, right, Medo's won it. He's two shots up, going down the last. Certainly wouldn't have thought that there's any chance in hell of what was about to unfold. Salatoris had made a pretty clutch pass save on, on 18. Um, and then, which I think speaks to the course as well, like just one of the great finishing holes. Um, all he had to do was hit a three-wood down the left-hand side. And he decided to hit driver, delivered one of the ugliest swings that you will ever see. Ball finds water. We take a drop. In a pretty shitty spot, hit a less than average. Uh, then your, your third shot had some tree trouble that he had to try and get around, pushed it to the back left of the green and delivered a pretty average putt. And yeah, ended up making a double bogey and, and the ass falling out of him. And he falls down to, to T3 alongside Cameron Young and, and out of a playoff. So it was it was tough because he he played so so well across the first three days particularly that second day um and there's no doubt that yes he got the easier side of the draw this certainly worth noting but only play what's in front of you yeah by g that last hole was genuine vomit on yourself material like it was it was bad yeah I, and look you know the thing is he he's a very talented golfer. I think he won. Didn't he win the bronze medal at the Olympics? Did we talk about that? Am I making that up? I could be completely wrong there, but we'll sense check that in a minute. He and he's a very talented golfer, but I fear that was that was his opportunity to win a major. When you think oh. about the plethora of other golfers that are ahead of Mito Pereira that are going to win majors. I think he might have really pissed that one away. No question. I don't, I, I don't. I don't want to kick a man while he's down either. But <laughs> no, I think that's fair. And I think, to his credit, uh, one of the great bugbears of you and I, uh, in terms of the often precious nature of some athletes, to to walk off and give an interview mm. um, straight after that, and have the you know the wherewithal to do that in that moment comfortably the most disappointing moment of your career um yeah i got an awful lot of respect for him to stand up and you know own that 
and 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 take that. But I also agree to your point. You cannot walk away from the fact that that's probably it for Mito. Uh, he he will not be in a better position. I wouldn't have thought coming up eighteen on Sunday at a major than what he found himself in uh, here. And I was just rewatching you were talking about it, and I went back and. The PGA Championship website's excellent, by the way. Um, that drive, I, I'm really, really confused. It was two. It was two shots up at that stage, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm really confused about what he's trying to do with the real, like, purposeful cut. I, I don't understand like that. I don't that, know that it was intentional. <laughs> But, but the swing looked like that's what he was trying to do, right? Like he actually came inside the ball. It was very defined. It was weird. I, someone someone described it on Twitter as he looked like he got electrocuted. Yeah. And then... It was a gross and, swing. Again, the I mean, you, you talk about the drop, that's fair, but the, the approach, so much green. Oh, yeah. It's, it's tough. It's really tough. I, I, I don't know what else to say other than you know, what I did in the sense of I was in, so I was surprised, don't get me wrong. Um, and then I was in and then I was aghast, to be honest. That's that's really hard to watch. I mean, yeah, we, I'm not, ex- I'm not suggesting, um, uh, he was tied fourth at Tokyo. There you go. Didn't win the bronze, tied for fourth. Um, I'm not suggesting it was the full extent for Cam Smith, but it was kind of kind of similar for me watching Cam put it in the drink at twelve earlier yep. in the year at Augusta. Mm. Now he didn't detonate like three times repeatedly on the same hole, and it wasn't the eighteenth, and he wasn't two shots up. But it's it never gets any easier, and it gets worse the more that's at stake, right? Mm. So yeah, it was a um, it was a tough final round for him he he putted the stats don't show it but he putted well to save a lot of pars like it, going through his stat line so he was 69th in strokes gained total on on sunday that's tough he yeah. 75 coming home i think was really average when you compare that against jt um who who shot three under um yeah it was yeah it was bizarre that he didn't fall down further so not good not good. Yeah. Tough for me to. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Fitz because mm. he's in that group. Uh, he himself has a 73 on Sunday, which what is he falls two shots back from a playoff and he's three over the cart. So, yeah. yeah it's tough. tough. Really tough. Uh, that, I think 17 was obviously a real. It was it was tough because you know he he chipped it onto the bank, didn't have a great lie. Sorry, he'd driven it onto the bank, didn't have a great yeah. lie, and then duffed it straight into the the, the bunker, um, and ends up making bogey on a on a drivable par four, which is you know inexcusable. So yeah, he's um like he he's and I've said it for a long time since we started this this podcast. He's one of my favorite favorite golfers. I think he has a massive future ahead of him um and you know he's for a guy who you know we're talking about the the fact that jt had only had five top tens uh 
Fitz has only had two in a, a relative similar amount of starts, but I don't, I can't put Fitz and JT in the same category, right? So, I thought so. Um, so I, I think that he's on on a really good trajectory. I think he's going to win soon. He he's got, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe him because when you watch him, he's so diligent in the way he plays. And there was that great piece from um, I think Dylan to chair on Twitter. I don't know if you, you're the, you're the general Twitter. Uh, I guy, do follow Dylan to chair as well. I must've missed that one. I'm pretty sure it's Dylan to chair. Um, so if I have got it wrong, forgive me, but anyway, um, Matt Fitzpatrick has written down uh, notes on every shot that he has hit since he was 15 in, in terms of social rounds with mates, three guy, um, you know, in terms of uh, pro-ams, in terms of practice rounds, he writes down notes. So no one is working harder on, on his game than Matty mm-hmm. Fitz and he just kind of goes about it. So um, uber disappointing for him to be in a position to, to win uh, and then kind of throw it away. But yeah, no doubt uh, that he, he's got a massive future ahead of him and um, yeah, I'm, I'm all on board. I've probably only got one other dimension before we go through our picks. Uh, and that's just a quick nod to, to Tommy Fleetwood. Who jumped twelve spots uh, with an yep. equal low round of Sunday sixty-seven um, to finish two shots out of the playoff? So love Tommy, always have. Uh, haven't always loved his results, but playing a good bit of golf before he heads back uh, heads back home uh, yes. for for the Open Championship. So one to keep an eye on. Was there any others that you wanted before we get into our picks? No, I was just going to say, do you want to do the Australians before or after our picks? Because not a great deal to write home about here. That's number four. So mixed bag, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Herbert and Cam Smith both finish in a tie for thirteenth, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so even par. Uh, Lucas Herbert was. How many shots off the lead was he going into the final day? He's in the top five, wasn't he going to the final day? Uh, yes. I feel he was. Well, he's what? What is he? He's, well, he would have been one under going into the. F- Final day, which would have put him, yeah, inside the top ten. Anyway, yeah, inside yep. the top ten. He's had a he's had a pretty good week, right? For, for a guy who's not got a lot of major experience, uh, you, you mentioned the putter was on far uh, mm. for the week, which is great. And Smithy, uh, that takes Smithy up to third in the world. Uh, yes. I saw a little earlier, so yes. like another career high ranking. It is and creeping ever so closer. Um, to the top, we're going to have to put away a few more wins to get there. But look, I think for those two, great. Um, uh, from a cut perspective, I think Leash also made the cut. Um, Cam Davis, I believe, also made the cut. Jason Day also made the cut. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was Min Woo and Scotty and Matt Jones missed, I believe. Uh, just on Lucas Herbert, he was so he the. the he really got out over his skis in that final round. He was two under through 10 holes. Um, so, you know, he was really close. He was there yeah, or thereabouts and then made three bogeys in four holes uh, and then a double bogey on 16 to get to three over. Uh, so threw away five shots in, in five holes and then finished birdie birdie. So, uh, and Cam Smith uh, led the field in strokes gained approach and strokes gained tee to green 
with 75th in strokes game putting. So, it's mixed bag. Which is unusual for him. Yeah. Like the, the putter is pretty reliable. And even around the green, strokes gain, he was 46th. Um, also you know, very which, unusual for him. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, he'll be disappointed, no doubt. Um, but, yeah, uh, on to... On to the next. Can I just say on on, on Herbie? He's two under through ten holes. Mm. Five under gets you in a playoff. Yes. He finishes with two birdies. Yes. This is exactly what I was talking about before we were talking about JT. Yeah. Is that five or six holes two over or is it five over? Yeah. Correct. That like that's the difference. That's insane when you think about it. For a young guy, first real run at it in the states this year. Unreal golf over three and three quarter days, and it's five holes on the back nine on Sunday, and you watch it slip through your fingers. It's a yeah. prick of a game sometimes, but yes. he will be so much better for that. And can I just say, on the flip side of that, to go birdie birdie to finish, that's fucking exactly what you want to see. Like, you know the day's gone, but you don't piss it all away and, and go out the back door, you know. Yeah. Continue to drop shots. You put your head down, you finish hard, birdie, birdie. You can't ask much more from that after he goes through that, you know, the five holes previous. No, really impressive. I thought, uh, look, he was my leading Australian very easily. Um, even though he finished level with, with Cam Smith, I thought the way that he played and carried himself was the best of the Aussies. Except for that shirt. On the first day, that was <laughs> yeah, some questionable stuff worn across the entire horrific. weekend. Uh, picks. So we've yep. already, well, we've kind of flagged who you picked to win. Uh, Joaquin wasn't terrible. No. Wasn't terrible. Great, <laughs> no. So it <laughs> wasn't nearly good enough to win. Uh, where did he end up? Uh, T20, uh, T23. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, was pretty good off the tee um, and just serviceable around everything else. Um, yep. You know, the first day he was, I think he, I think he was, you know, towards the top. He had a, I think he might have been two under um, on the first day. So, you know, he was, he was in contention, put it that mm. way. Um, and then, you know, again, like we said, wasn't horrible across the next three days, one over, two over, one over. So, yeah, look, to finish T23, um, I think he'll be he'll be happy with that. Although I'm sure he would have loved loved a couple more to drop. Uh, my tip, she's just never there. It's just never ever there. And I, again, you know, you and I talking across the weekend, like couldn't have ha- couldn't have had. I wouldn't say a more comfortable start, but certainly of the two waves, like score. Here's your opportunity to score. Go and put a score out on Thursday and you put scoreboard pressure on from the start, knowing full well you're going to go into the into the wind on the second day. And what was he? Day one, I think Jordan was two over. Yeah. yeah. So it goes two over, one under, four over, one under. Mark. Yeah. And Not even good. even the one under on the sec- <coughs> second day. So his wave got the easy... The easy conditions on both days. Mm. That was that was the worst part. So mm. I think for him to be two over through the first day, I think I messaged you and said that he's tied with John Daly at this point. So <laughs> he was. Yeah, it was it, it was <laughs> a tough job. watch. Um, you know, in a in a group 
that had Tiger and had Rory and had JT, like there were so many, so many storylines in that. Uh, sorry, mm. not JT, J Spieth, whatever. Mm. Just, I don't know. The putter's the putter's gone stone cold. I don't know if he's done too much work on the driver because that seems to be going okay at the moment. But yeah. just that the putter's gone genuinely cold, and it's yeah, it's it's not it's not looking great for Jordan at the moment. Um, I know he won uh, last week or whenever it was, but no runner up, runner up last week. This is what I was so up, Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, runner up last week. Um, yeah, so it's. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what more we can say on speed. It's. It seems like we just continue on this merry-go-round. Just about to um, say the the ride continues. And do look, not be surprised. Literally, do not be surprised at all if he's there or thereabouts on Sunday at St Andrews. Well, I was just going to say do, and also don't be surprised if he misses the cut. Yep. Because both, also also plausible. Both both are you know as likely as each other at this point in play. Currently, both in play. Absolutely. Absolutely. God, he drives me fucking mental. Um, yeah. Won't win. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I took a relatively easy option, which sounds weird because he's the number one player in the world, but just felt it wasn't going to be repeatable, sorry, for, for Scotty Scheffler. Uh, and that proved to be correct. Just scrolling to see where he actually... Finished. It, oh, he missed a cut at six over, but that um, he had a seventy-five on Friday, which went uh, bogey, bogey, par, birdie, bogey, par, bogey, par, double, then nine pars. It's tough. Um, well, sorry, it was actually the other way around. So, um, wheels wheels really fell off, Scotty. He was my want to win, um, and. Yeah, it was disappointing. Disappointing. You missed a cut, same number as Dustin Johnson. Um, yeah, certainly not sustainable. I just wanted to see him win win all four majors. And you wanted, yeah, you wanted oh, a historic I, year. I want. I now have to come up with another want to win for St Andrews. So, who is your want? Uh, Victor Hovland. Um, yeah, okay, that one again. Not terrible, but I don't even know where he finished. Uh, T forty one. Yeah. Um, so. Where is his stats here? Yeah, 56 putting, 58th around the green, off the tee and approach strong. So, you know, standard week for Victor. That kind of seemed, I don't know, that kind of seemed like a free kick Mm. in a a week that was going to (laughs) reward short game. It kind of was a bit of a free kick to Mm. have Victor Hovland in that category. So, So my was good. My roughy, yes, Max played well. Yeah. Max, uh, he's, he's finished also a type of 13 at even par. Um, you know, again, what are you, your, your even one under, even one over? You, yep. You, you know, those last two days become one under, one under, and you put a bit of pressure on Sunday in those conditions. But yeah, no, that's, I'm, I'm happy with Max at T13. We've been begging, well, not all of us, particularly not in this conversation, but. Some of us have been begging for him to perform at a major. Uh, and, yeah, you're not going to say T13 is a performance, but it's trending in the right direction comparably because he's been in the wilderness at majors previously. So yeah, The point of the roughy is to find someone who's going to finish inside the top 20, and he did that. So uh, your, your... My, roughy, my roughy was good early days. <laughs> I, was, I was confident. Post-Friday, I thought... We're we're on here for a you know backdoor top twenty. 
And then he shot an 80, the only 80 of the week uh, for people to have made the cut. As I scroll down, could have been the only 80 across the week. No, there are a couple others. But, uh, yeah, Robbie McIntyre, not not great on Saturday or Sunday. Um, yeah, just, you know, a double bogey on six, double bogey on 16, bogeys everywhere else. But, um, yeah, tough. Tough scene to finish in 77th, uh, second to last. So, Real tough look. Uh, and then the one we skipped over was my want. Yes, um, intentionally because there's probably a little bit. To... Yeah, so big roars. Um, <laughs> 65 on Thursday. Uh, I sat up and took notice. Wow. Okay, you know, bearing in mind, we're just talking about the fact that Jordan didn't convert the good conditions and he's playing alongside, you know. Can I just say, like, what a group. Yeah. Credit to the, credit <laughs> to the PGA Championship. Sorry. Uh, Woods, McElroy, Spieth. That's not bad for Thursday, Friday. So credit where it's due. And so you, you juxtapose uh, Jordan. It's a seven-shot swing, right? Jordan's two over to the first day. Rory's five under. And I'm like, ooh. This might happen, and it's everything to your point, like you said it at the time. It's everything we don't expect from him. Mm. Everything we don't expect. He's he's atrociously bad in the opening round of majors. He almost set your watch to it, and he goes down and he shoots five under. We're all thinking, given you know, three, three days to go, but like on previous form, and then yeah, again, one over, four over, two under, jump nine spots. On the final day to finish an outright eighth, um, three shots off the playoff. But you look at Friday, Saturday, there's five over there. Yeah. yeah. He's only three shots out of a playoff. So, look, he's, he's, we said it before, it's the reason why I picked him. He's playing some really good golf. I think I emphasize that he feels like he's playing some really free golf. There was something, I think, and it, it kind of, Harks back all the way to the Sunday singles at the Ryder Cup, I think. And that's kind of the genesis of what this wave of form has been. Obviously, Sunday at Augusta most recently was um, special, really, to watch and to see. And then, yeah, out the gate in a fashion that would put him on a trajectory to win the tournament this week. And not not cataclysmic over Friday, Saturday, just disappointing because we just know, we just know what he's capable of. Mm. And I desperately want to see him win again. Um, yeah. And again, not at, you know, Wells Fargo or Charles yeah. Schwab. I want to see it at a major. Yeah. So in the context of that, I will always be disappointed, particularly like I'll be disappointed when he doesn't salute regardless, but particularly when he has a flash. Pops his head up, you know. I've still got it. I'm yeah. still one of the men, not the man, but I'm one of the men. So yeah, that was it was disappointing. Three out of his last four majors, he's finished inside the top ten. So he's he's playing well. Um, I got a message from a mate on it might have been Friday morning or whenever it was. Just said I'm off to the shops. Do you want some Kool Aid? Because I'm drinking it. I'm drinking it. That I thought was pretty good. Um, I did hear on, I think it was the shotgun start or whatever it's called. They were talking about how Rory had been out at 
um, like out and just grinding in the in the pre event. He was out there having practice rounds, playing a heap of holes, and they were wondering. It might have been no laying up. I'm not sure. One of the two. Sorry if anyone's offended. Uh, but just how hard he was working, and the question was, was that going to be sustainable? Mm. Whereas you know everyone else was kind of just taking it easy, and he was out there genuinely grinding and you know making every putt and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, look, I don't know. This is, I, I walk away. Um, I don't know. I, I walk away neutral. I think from this. It's, I'm not disappointed. I'm not frustrated, but I'm also mm. not pumped by what I saw. The 65 was exciting, but I think it pretty quickly levels out with the next few days. So, I think for me, with him, certainly not to the same extent as Spieth, but irrespective of previous experience, I can't help but buy in. Like, I should know better. Mm. I should know that this will level. But I, I don't know. There's something. I mean, he's, he's always has been and will continue to be one of my favorite players. Um, and there's something about when he goes out and hits, hits that 65 on the opening day or... Uh, that Sunday round when obviously it was impossible, right? But, but, but could he, you know, how long could that be sustained for? There's just something about him. I, I don't know what it is. And so maybe I need to, I, I shouldn't say I'm disappointed. It's hard to be disappointed in a guy who's been the, one of the best players of his generation for four time major winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe it's disheartened because, because mm-hmm. I just think that, him winning a major is bigger than, and I say this with the greatest respect to JT, but Rory climbing back to the top of the mountain and winning another major will be about something bigger than just Rory winning a major in my mind. I, so I, that's, I think you could say that he, uh, he would be, and I put, I'd probably put him ahead of speak in saying that like him winning a major would be the most significant player to win a major right now. Like mm. we know where, JT, uh, sorry, fuck, I keep getting confused. Spieth, you know where Spieth has been, right, for the past two years and the yeah. the lows of it, but like maybe if it had been the PGA, it might have been different because it would have been the Grand Slam. But like if Rory was to have won on the weekend, I think it would have been hugely significant. Mm. To your point, every but every indication, right, is that that's where he's headed. Because, you know, you, you just pulled that stat out. Was it three of the last four majors he's finished top 10? Mm. So the, the first thing I thought of was, and I, I'm going to get my years wrong because I always get mixed up about when we started this podcast. 2018, I think. Late 2018. Yeah. So it would have been kind of the summer of 20, was it the summer of 2019 he went on that run? Mm-hmm. And we always said, like, he's he's doing this on his ear. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he's he had a run of top fives. And I think one win dotted in there and he looked like he wasn't getting out of fourth gear. And we kept saying like, Jesus, like wait until it actually clicks. Cause this is fucking scary, right? There's guys mm. looking around going, Rory's back. He's back and it's, it's effortless. And it, it kind of feels like I'm not, I, I don't think he's at that level of what he was in that patch, 
but there are markers that that's where he's going. Mm. And so I wonder for me, given, you know, he's early to mid thirties now, he's got a child, he'll have more. He went through, you know, the dark there for a while and came out the back and said he'd lost passion for the game. He wasn't enjoying it. It was a grind. How many more times are we going to catch lightning in a bottle for these periods for him? And that's always, I think, in the back of your mind when you start to, there's a correlation between age and things happening in your life and you being quite honest about how you're feeling about a game that's literally been your life for 25 years. You know, like you don't get too many more of these. And that's, yeah. I think that's, I think everyone's aware of that, right? That's yeah. why we get so excited when there's a glimmer. It's like, you've got to grab it. It's got, it's got to happen now because I'm not sure when it's going to happen again. Yeah. I think there's only like a handful of players to like, to your first point where like there's only a handful of players that you kind of just always have in the back of your mind. And you're pumped for them, where whatever they do. I think Speaks one. I think Rory's another. Tigers obviously another. Like there's there's guys that it's it's not like you have to get yourself up to to back them, right? 100%. Like I think I think there are a lot of guys on tour that you have to have to do that. JT for me is one of those guys that you've got to get yourself up. Like so, yeah. It's I'd I'd be disappointed if you didn't win another one. Another major I'm talking about. Um, I think I think the talent's still there. I think the hunger's still there. The desire, um, all of that stuff is still there. Um, I sometimes wonder with Rory if just everything that he has in his life is just too much for his golf in terms of he's got his main priority now is his family. Then he's got golf and the pressure of being one of, if not the hottest talents to come onto the scene since Tiger and going through that incredible run and now becoming kind of the yardstick for his age group or the, you know, the, the barometer for the players and he's on the pack and he's on the, you know, board of directors or whatever it was like. So there's all this shit that's kind of happening in and around him that it's like, he kind of, I don't know, to me, sometimes he kind of just forgets what his purpose is and that's being a golfer. Mm. Like, his family is no doubt his most important thing, but his job is to be a golfer. And sometimes I feel like all the other shit gets pulled, pulls him away from that in terms of the pack, in terms of the board of directors, in terms of mm. all this crap with the live golf stuff. Like he was the only player called out by the PGL in their letter. Right. So like, like it has to wear on him at some point. Mm. I don't I know. Wonder- no, I think it's a really good point. I wonder though if you've maybe answered your own question. So I think the most pertinent thing you said there was that he, and I'm paraphrasing, but that he's lost sight of what his real purpose is and that is to be a golfer. Mm. Maybe we're looking at it the wrong way. Maybe he's maybe. shifted what his purpose is. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe winning whilst important is no longer the most important thing. Because yeah. it wouldn't surprise me at all given... Just the, the type of guy, and I, I'm reticent to say the type of guy that he is because it's the type of guy that we know him to be through a very select window that we see. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest that he, if he, he's starting to reach a point in his career where now it's about what legacy 
am I leaving on a game that means a lot to me and has given me so much? And there's probably two types of people there. There's results will be my legacy and results alone. And there's, and again, through the small window that we know him to be, probably guys more like Rory who feel there are things that he can, with his significant influence, Mm. have an impact on the game more broadly than, hey, I walk away with 18 career victories, including six majors. Now, if he did that, that'd be awesome. But maybe that's where he's starting to, there's a lot of speculating going on about Rory tonight, but I don't know, maybe he's starting to transition. So to your point, maybe it's a shift in purpose that we don't know because our, our, the way we've viewed him for so long is this, you know, shooting fucking star. He's a unicorn. Yeah. And it's always been about results. And so maybe, maybe that's not necessarily be on an end all anymore. Who no. And, and you might be right. I think what would be great for everyone involved, if that was the case, maybe to say that, because I think it would stop <laughs> a lot of that external shit, right? Yeah. It'd stop, it'd yeah. stop us sitting here for the last 10 minutes saying, like, where is he at? Why? Like, you know, three top tens in in four majors, but he hasn't converted any of them. Like all this sort of stuff, must build on on someone, right? Like you and I have both no been doubt. around sport long enough to know that it does. So how, if he came out and he just said, "Guys, like I'm I'm going to play ten events a year, and they're going to be the majors and these others, and I'm going to really enjoy my golf, but my priority right now is." my family and my work with the pack and that's it. I think mm. that would reset where my expectations are with Rory. Cause right now I'm like, I still, you know, it's like looking at it through rose colored glasses, right? I still see Rory as that guy who was unstoppable in that run in 2019 or even earlier in that in 2016, 17, like that's how I still see him. Mm. Um, and I think it's how we all do. Maybe that's a me thing. Um, it's kind of like when someone asks you, hey, like, you know, you know, the 90s are 30 years ago now. <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone tells you like the 90s, the 30 years. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, I think it was just 10 years ago. Wasn't no, it? It's, definitely, maybe, it's definitely a decade ago. So, oh, look, man, I think maybe that's yeah. how I've got a view, Rory. I think, well, look, the problem is, is that I don't think you're wrong. I just don't think he'll ever like blatantly admit that winning's not the most important thing to him. Yeah. Well, not the most important thing, but that winning is not as important as what it yeah. used to be. Yeah, that's fair. Right. Cause he's, he's I just don't see it. Cause I, the problem is, is I, I think it is, it's just now competing with other things. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not any less important to him. It just has less of his focus because it used to have his sole focus. And now his focus is diluted because yeah. there are a number of things to focus on. So, yeah, I, I I agree with you though. It would be lovely to walk in with no expectations. It's not impossible with a player like him. Yeah. Um, I've only Who got, else you want to talk about? Well, I know you've got a couple of people below, below the cut line that you want to blow up. I yeah. just have three more names that I want to mention very, very quickly. Slick Dick Rick. Good to see. I love it. Like, it, it, well, I think it was like a T23 or somewhere around there. Yep. So it's not a it's not a top ten. It's, it's not even top twenty. But it's just I saw some things this week. Uh the putter looked good. Saw some pretty fucking rogue hand warmers that he was wearing. Mm. I, I, I everything about him. And 
I've said, I've said it before, I'll say it again, the game is so much better with him in it. So I'm really glad he turned up here and like didn't miss the cut. Played the weekend and played some more right golf. Really good yeah. to see. Well, uh, the only thing I'll say on Ricky is was that it was consistent, right? I think yeah. it was like around the 70, 71 every day, right? He didn't have a blowout of 76 and then a 68, like, and it was all over the place. It was consistent. It wasn't consistently great, let's be honest, but, you know, things are, things are trending in the right direction. And, um, yeah, echo your point. Uh, my second one was your boy, Adrian now. Yeah. Holy moly. What Whoa. a man. <laughs> like, in some form. And Friday's round, for a fleeting, fleeting moment, I thought, would he do it? Mm. Would he win this thing? Um, and then I quickly checked myself and, um, <laughs> yeah. But P30, in, I'm pretty sure it might be his first major. Not too mm. bad. Mm. Uh, and then the only other one I had, and I know this is going to sound completely irrational um, because he's finished uh, at exactly the same score as Ricky Fowler, and I've just said that. You know, Ricky Fowler was good to see, but it wasn't great. Um, if you didn't, let me be very clear about this. If you didn't, way back after the Masters, when I said Shane Larry is going to win the Open Championship in best money, you're foolish, but do not make the same mistake twice because I, Drew, I'm only doubling down. You're doubling that. down. So he, he, he jumps up 13 places on Sunday with a 69 in atrocious conditions. I think his highest round was a 71 across the weekend. No, that's a lie, 72. So he's gone even two over, one over, one under to finish it two over. But his best round comes in the, in horrific stuff out there. He jumps 13 places on Sunday. I've seen enough. I have seen enough. Okay. So I look forward can, to him missing the cut at St. Andrews. We can probably just skip over <laughs> that part when it comes to the preview show for the Open Championship. Um, yeah. You can get uh, the the wonderful team at On The Rocks Design into the graphics already, mate. Mark them I've, down. I've already Shane Larry, winner. Okay. That's me. That's my place. Anyone else? All, All right. right. That's my place. Uh, shout out Aaron Wise, T23, uh, suffering from CTE after being hit by fucking Cam Smith's fly ball. Um, there were players, no, not players, there were patrons and fans going down left, right, and center being hit by balls because of the way that that course was obviously set up with you know tee boxes back behind fairways and greens and yeah there was there was uh, a bit going on mm. in that space um Stuart Stink finishes T23 again I know he didn't have a great Sunday but opened uh the, the tournament was 69 68 so just like to shout shout that out and um mm. he he bet out Tony Finau as well worth noting uh Punter Harmon uh, T34. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, he had a 69 as well on, on Sunday. Um, so good to see John Rahm uh, finished in T48. It was pretty, pretty average in general. Had a 76. I uh, led the field in strokes, gained off the tee. Um, so, so that's, that's always um, very interesting. Colin Morikawa, uber disappointing at T55. Um, so he, he, yeah, uh, I'm just, I'm keeping an eye on him um, at the moment. Hideki Matsuyama, I shouted out. 
thought that he was going to be someone to watch. Uh, mm. I was wrong. Um, so he finished T60. Haven't even got to the players who missed the cut yet. Um, all right. Where am I starting? Dustin Johnson. Cut. Plus six. Interesting times ahead for DJ. Generational talent. Uh, fucking deplorable over the first two days. But needs to take some time off, I think. Uh, Sergio has probably played his last last uh, PGA Championship, I would have thought. Well, there's a couple of guys here who missed the cut. Who well, maybe, maybe didn't get the Sunday Swan song they would have liked on the PGA Championship. Well, the PGA Tour, for that matter. Well, I think, to be honest, it might have been orchestrated. It might have been, you know, a two-day thing and let's have a little sort of annual general meeting uh, <laughs> the Saturday-Sunday in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, the LA West would also miss the cut. Adam Scott, uh, for a, a fleeting moment, looked looked okay mm. um was one under through uh five holes uh on day one uh and mm. then had a a quadruple bogey on 17 um and he shot a 77 so scotty's also on notice uh john daly the ass really fell out of him he left and it was, i'm still it was, ex- it was exciting for the briefest of moments I cannot understand for the life of me how Cameron Champ does not finish higher on the PGA Tour. Like the rest of his game just must suck so bad because he does because he he can genuinely murder a ball. I just scrolled down and and there is a guy here that I I um, I'm putting on the missing persons unit. Okay, okay, yeah, we haven't we haven't we've not we've not had a report filed. No. Uh, recently, so that's so, good. Okay, the missing persons unit is last year's player of the year, Patrick Cantlay. Mm, okay, he okay. is, and I will say this now: he is a pretender, and he is a puppy dog. Honestly, have Wrong. you seen his major record? It's bad. You know, you know why it's bad because I got sucked in. I'm pretty sure I had him. I think it was my no, it was my want to win at uh, the Masters for that very reason because I was like, "You're a good player. You just never convert." Um, yeah. at majors. So he has played. Run in, continues. Uh, four, eight, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, nineteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one majors. How many yep. top tens has Patrick Cantlay had in that time? Twenty-one majors. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Five, two. Yep, felt a little strong. <laughs> and that was back in 2019. T9 at the Masters, T3 at the PGA. His last few major championships, and I'll just read them back because it is rough. Cut T39, cut T15, T23, cut T43, T43, T17, mm-hmm. T41, T21. He's a puppy dog. Like, he is a flat track bully. He's a kid who was... Six foot five in high school and now is getting found out playing footy against big boys out in the country. I'm off him. He's done. Get on the unit. Strong. So <laughs> what I would say is um I think I think we can accept the report. Uh thank you. Bearing in mind this is a this is a guy who won three times last year. The but, reason I say that is because he, as far as I'm concerned, 
uh, is now in that kind of echelon of player that I was talking about before. Not necessarily he's the same sort of player as a Rory Spieth, clearly, but he is in that group of players now where I care little for your, your form week to week. What I want to see now is when, <laughs> when the lights are shining, and everything's, yeah. What are, what are you doing? And yeah. He's not doing much. He's turning his night light on. Yeah, he's he the is. little boy. He is turning. He's got the white noise on. Yeah. Um, a few of those machines running around here, let me tell you. Um, I, that's fine. We'll, we can accept that. We can accept. What Thank I would you. say is, I think for the integrity of the missing persons unit, the reports need to be reviewed and assessed on okay. the same criteria in which they were placed. So, so he can only be found at majors absolutely so we can only now review so like if he pops his head up and wins say twice this year mm. unfortunately for mine it's still missing so yeah, absolutely. it can only be reviewed and assessed based on his performances the same criteria for which he was introduced correct and if he wins again this year it's like you know like breaking news citing <laughs> citing potentially seen yeah yeah, yeah. um so Report, reports in Potential potential sighting. Yeah. Um, anyone else? Yeah, I got a couple more. Oh, Daniel Berger. Yeah, that was bad. 7380. Uh Carlos. Anytime hitting 80 in the first oh, like on a Thursday or Friday, that's yeah. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, yeah, it got real ugly on the uh on the back nine. Carlos Ortiz, uh 14 over was rough and the Mexican uh, Yeah. And the last one uh, that I just I want to call is at the very bottom of the leaderboard and, and probably shouldn't, and that's Tiger. Thoughts? Uh, <laughs> you might recall I got a little um, I got a little overly emotional. <laughs> I think it was day three of the Masters and, and said that he shouldn't come out on day four because he owes yeah. us nothing. And I probably say the same thing it's just this time he's actually followed through and done it um, yep. I think we've said it a number of times every time you watch him now you should anticipate that it's the last because if you treat it like that not only will you not well you of course you'll still be disappointed but you'd be less so but you'll treat it with the, the reverence and the focus that it deserves I think ultimately it's a fascinating study you see it across so many different sports. It's the last four or five fights Muhammad Ali had. It's the last, you know, 15 games of a 400-gamer. It's it's yep. the inability to ignore the overwhelming urge to compete. Yeah. and 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 not being able to find a suitable path which with which to redirect that passion yeah because now like he is at his core a competitive beast and he's in his mid to late 40s and he's sitting there and he's thinking well what am i doing yeah like if i'm not doing this what is it that i'm doing and it's i think it's fascinating right because as many people did with Ali, it's like, why are you doing this? This is only going, and obviously, and it's not an apples for apples comparison in terms of condition, but 
it had an enormous effect on the end of his life. Yeah. And it's just like, mate, you don't, you owe us nothing. Now, not to say that this is a decision based on, geez, I, I, I really should get out there for the people. I'm, it's got nothing to do with that in his mind. Mm. But it's like, don't, don't wreck yourself for the sake of playing. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to watch, really. It is. Yeah. There was some footage of him walking. I think that one of him walking next to the bunker where his knee like buckled. And that mm. was just so great decision for him to, to pull out, I thought. Um, really phenomenal for him to make the cut. Uh, that should not be overshadowed. Unbelievable. I would, I'd, again, just you know, going back to Patrick Cantlay, the bloke who nearly lost his leg beat you. So, I don't know. Um, I don't think he should a play the drive by there for Patty C. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah. Fucking animal cruelty is wrong, but. Oh, that, shit. Puppy, that puppy needs to be put down. Uh, I don't think he should play the US Open. I genuinely don't. I think I don't know why. I don't know what what he's going to gain out of it. He's not going to win it. Um, he's not in the condition to compete at the US Open. I read a thing of uh, Andy Johnson of the Fried Egg who was talking about the the subtleties in um, at Brookline. The, the rocks that stick out just in random places, like the, the actual OH&S dangers that are posed to Tiger at Brookline should see him not compete and he should just sit out and try and rehab the leg until it gets to a point where he can play. And if that's at St. Andrews this year, like I think there was, there's clearly some sort of... The, he would love nothing more than to win that tournament, right? At St. Andrews, 150th year, like all of that, it just lines up beautifully. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's your point. He clearly must be so bored just sitting at home because it's like, why would you not just just rehab it for another year and then come back next year at the Masters and give it a go? So, uh, at the risk of upsetting Eldrick, because mm. I know obviously he tunes in to hear what we feel he should do, mm. uh, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. If it were me, I'd play two tournaments a year. And they'd be the Masters and the Open Championship. Agreed. Because, like, you can still go to them. Like, you can be there. Uh, yeah. I just... And the yeah. thing is, like, he... Like, two tournaments a year. I agree. He has the opportunity, the stature, the, the being in the game to also... Um, to have such an impact off mm. the course. If he was to step mm. away from the game now, he, he's he got that opportunity to have an enormous impact more than he already has on the game. Yeah. Um, so, but look, he's uh, it's going to be his decision, I guess, and, and ultimately the doctors and the people that are around him will, will help him make that call. So just well, cherish, so it, cherish it when you see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that, that probably wraps us up for a PGA Championship perspective. Um, yeah. We really don't have much else. We just wanted to flag a couple of results over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, Grace Kim. Uh, regular listeners to this podcast will have heard uh, Grace Kim's name uh, often. Often. And, and, and increasingly, like, I mean, we've spoken to her a couple of times. 
Um, we've been speaking about her a lot. We spoke about her an awful lot over the summer back here in Australia when she performed well at home. We mentioned her last week that alongside Gabby Ruffles secured an invitation to the Women's US Open Pine Needles, uh, which begins on June 2nd, I believe. And she pops up on the, is it the Epson Tour? Yep, yep, Epson Tour, yep. I believe, which is a, uh, a feeder to, um, to the LPGA Tour, the road to the LPGA, I believe. And yep. has a f- first win on the Epson Tour, so there's I mean there's a couple of different paths. I mean because you, you also got the Symmetra Tour, which is the LPGA version of uh, Corn Ferry. It's, it's it is the the feeder tour, but you got the Epson, which is part of the the road to the LPGA. And Grace, uh, yeah, wins her first Epson Tour title over the weekend. So there there is no downside here no. to this uh, to this career and its trajectory at present. And she's an awesome human. Um, really switched on for such a young girl and is just playing some really, really good golf. The game seems to be in a, a great place right now. Yep, very well said. Uh, I think it's her sixth six start that she's now, now a winner. Um, and also shout out to Sarah Jane Smith who finished in T2 and Robin Choi who finished in T4. And then the other one we need to mention. Yes. Um, didn't have... Ultimately, the same end result as Grace, but a phenomenal weekend on the ladies' European tour for our good mate Whipper, Whitney Hillier. Yes. Who, uh, I mean, again, end result, she's suffered the harrowing disappointment of losing in a playoff, but put herself there um, after some awesome golf over the weekend, including an ace, her yes. fourth career ace. Mm-hmm. So get the absolute F out. Um, <laughs> Whipper, that's more than enough. You could give us one, you still have two. Yeah. So like that's selfish, to be fair. Correct. Uh, but yeah, really good to see Whipper in some in some fine form at present. Yeah, absolutely. She's playing really well. Um, had a had a good result a couple of weeks ago as well. So playing very nicely. Plenty of other golf happening around as well. Challenge tours up and running over in Europe. Dimmy's over there. Uh Jared Felton, Blake Windred. Plenty of uh, plenty of Aussies around, and uh, the Japan Golf Tour is cracking along. Where Brad Kennedy finished T four um, and Quayley T sixteen. So Quayley's plenty been going of, well. Plenty of I golf. Think, uh, from what I've seen, uh, our, our good uh, our good friend Jediah Morgan is off on a plane this evening, off to uh, off to I think South America first, then he makes his way up for the U.S. Open. Uh, I'm sure Louis Dobler heading back to um, PGA Tour Latin America. And then we'll see where everyone else pops up, whether it's Europe, whether it's the States, whether it's the Asian tour. That's that's the options available to these guys now off the back of our summer. So they'll jump, pack up sticks and jump on a plane and pop up somewhere in the world. So, you know, we are, um, it's not in as friendly a time zone and we won't have broadcast and we can't go, but we will remain as focused on the results of our Australians we were over the summer uh, as they start to find their way around the world. Um, uh, briefly, Drew, it's a really good patch for you at present. You're, you're, uh, Toffees, your Everton Football Club have avoided relegation in the English Premier League, which is Quite wonderful phenomenal. news. Absolutely phenomenal. Scenes, absolute scenes when they yeah. did as well. Uh, good, good uh, and bad. Um, yeah, not 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 great. The the goading no. of Patrick Vieira, the the, um, yeah. the Crystal Palace manager, not great. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, what a bad. game! Incredible game. Huge. Uh, your Hoggies. Holy moly. <laughs> Getting the win over the Lions. A, great win. B, thank you. Huge favour. Uh, the Mighty D's in here too clear on top, courtesy of that. Uh, look, I, I'm loath to call it a surprise win because Hawks playing some 
really good footy this year. But uh, are they? Bris- the Brisbane, well, I think relative to where they are at, mm. yes, I think my so my my really subtle assessment is Sam Mitchell's got them playing a brand of all out attacking footy and take the game on, bit of flair and dare about it. We go up, we're not going. We're going straight up the corridor. We're not going the wings. And that's awesome when it pays off. My concern is I've seen it before, and it was Melbourne 2018, mm. who took themselves to a prelim but didn't run both ways and got done by 50 by West Coast. Yeah, uh, and that's and, exactly what happened to us. And then went to the wilderness for two years, yeah. which re- i got to tell you, I would have much preferred to miss the prelim that year and then make the eight, make the eight and win a grand final, not the other fucking way around because that was a tough two years. But, hey, you must have enjoyed that. It was a good win. So well done to well, you. Well. Um, and, of course, we've had a change of leader in, in the country. Um, now, this is probably the last on the priority right. list. What I've, I've been thinking about this. Um, I think we missed an opportunity because, okay. as we all know in elections, the two candidates, they're just doing anything and everything from a media perspective. They're going <laughs> on radio shows. They're going on TV. They're doing appearances. So what I'm going to say, I'm going to – pop this on the agenda now for three and a half years time if this podcast is still going in three and a half years we'll be submitting a formal request to uh prime minister albanese and whomever is uh the leader of the opposition because i'm, I'm not sure if installed the toad uh, dutton will, will make it the full term i wouldn't have thought it's opposition no. leader um we'll put in a formal request to join us because i okay. want to know i i must admit I did not make an informed decision about their thoughts on golf and how <laughs> their appointment would lead and influence golf in this country. And that upon reflection seems remiss of me that that didn't influence my decision. Yes. So I'm, I'm making a commitment now. Okay. We will, we will at least put in a request. Okay. To have, speak you got to a, it. have you got a state election coming up that you could? Fascinating. Because uh, ours was last year. So. That's only really one issue on your on your premier's agenda. I've lead up to that. I'm not sure we would have got much time. Um, Anna, when did Anna last get elected? I think we're 18 months away, to be fair. But well, that's closer. Maybe we can do. To be fair, um, I just saw while we were recording a uh, good friend, Tony Wiebeck, who is obviously uh, a great writer for uh, the PGA Tour of Australasia here in Australia. He has just tweeted uh, that Arundel Hills uh, golf course down on the Gold Coast, very good one, might I add, um, put into receivership today. Gates closed immediately. Um, gone. So, look, we laugh, but that's an increasing problem. It's, a, it's definitely a problem here in Queensland. I'm sure it's a problem around the country. So we jest, but that's people's literally livelihoods, jobs. Yep families yeah. affected by that sort of thing so um that didn't go where i thought it would when i started to make the joke about, about having our leaders on so look all i'll say is that i feel as though there are plenty of issues on the agenda in the election dreads mm. and some uh have their place and some don't but as long as you know gotcha questions and and things of that nature are on the agenda. I would like to know what our leaders feel about the future of golf in this country, or if it's even on the radar. Could be a short I chat. Will... Be a really short chat. Wouldn't have thought so. Look, let's yeah. be honest. If, <laughs> if they accept the interview, I, I, I just chalk that up as the W right there. That's the win. Yeah. 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 yeah 100%. 100%. All right. Uh, look, I'm not, 
I'm going to preface here. I'm not sure how engaged you and I'll be on the Charles Schwab. Wouldn't have thought very. Jason Kokrak is the defending champion too. So that is interesting. That is interesting. Would love to see Kokrak go back to back. That'd be great. And then walk away and play. Really love that. Play for the Saudis. So look, we'll um we'll have a show of some description next week. Uh, I'm not sure what it will look like, but it will. We'll be back here, same bad time, same bad channel. Could be. It could be one of those episodes where we're rounding up footy and. Well, I was literally just about to say, because I, I said it last week, I feel like we haven't mm. done one of those in a while. Maybe it's yeah. just a ge- general general chit-chat. Yeah, um, could be it. Bit of golf, mm. bit of footy. I don't know what else is happening in the world. Bit of Formula One, all that sort of gear. I wonder, this is really, to be fair, this is really more of a conversation we can have when we stop recording, but I'm just going to put it into the ether. I wonder is there, can we do like... Is there a way in which we can do a live show? Yeah, we're going to have to flesh that out off air. Let's not make any promises because, boy, we make some promises on this show and don't deliver. Well, we're big ideas. We're not necessarily about delivering them all, but we're definitely about talking about them. I'm just wondering. I'm just putting it out there. Maybe that's what we put on the agenda. Is there a way we could maybe share? Because obviously we do this via Zoom. Can we share the link? Just bring people in. Just have a general conversation. It's (laughs) it's fraught with danger. I'll, I'll admit that from the top. But Matt, maybe that's something worth exploring. Maybe we just no one calls in. Well, that'd be tough. We probably won't put that one to air, to be honest, because we're obviously not going to do that and then publish it. That'd be (laughs) fucking stupid. Just say there's technical errors or something. Um, Maybe, maybe we explore an open mic night. Let's flesh it out. We'll come up with the mechanics behind it. If you're still hearing this, and Drudes hasn't cut this out, I'll be incredibly surprised. I never cut anything out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, mate. It's been a pleasure as always. We'll uh, we'll chat next week.